Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Open Mic Comedy Podcast. I'm your host, Mark. If this is your first time here, welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. The podcast is here for people on the Open Mic Comedy Circuit, whether you're a comedian, an MC, a promoter, a tutor. In fact, anybody who has any involvement in this industry. Even comedy fans who really do enjoy spending their times in pub basements watching the possible stars of the future. But even better, if you want to get onto the Open Mic Comedy Circuit, You'll hear firsthand some of the stories from those that are involved. So this podcast could be quite informative for you. Today's today's guest is someone that's helped me a lot since I began in comedy. He's a regular on the London comedy scene. He's been emceeing all over. He's performed at many of the hottest comedy clubs around. He's an Edinburgh Fringe regular. He runs his own night in Bermondsey every month with many famous TV comedians. He's also the 2019 Roast Battle UK champion. And he's a comedy tutor teaching the art and craft to many people and helping them shape their first fives and tens so please welcome to the stage mr ben clover oh thanks guys that's too kind of you too kind of you Um, how are you i'm good man i'm good um i've got all of my anger um from this morning (laughs) out in the pre-record so i'm a a ray of sunshine now Uh, (laughs) so i know so this is not i should explain this is not a daily anger avoiding process I have to go through it. I just uh I just got absolutely walloped uh, uh uh online chess a new addiction I'm developing um which is highly frustrating like I would have, I would have come to this podcast kind of just full of full of joy uh had I managed to not get completely fucking destroyed by guest 9721704 uh on chess.com <laughs> just if I ever meet that guy Anyway, or or gal, who knows? But anyway, yes. Hello, nice to be here. <laughs> Chess, the new addiction for the modern oh, man. Oh, I've just got to put it behind me. Got to put it behind me. Got to move on. Hopefully, yeah. it doesn't cheer you up. Hopefully, it's cheer you up. So uh, let's let's start with an obvious one then. So, how long have you been in stand up, and how and why did you uh, did you begin the journey? So I was thinking about this, and I'm not sure. Um, I think it's, it's about I think it's about twelve years. <laughs> I think, but um, me, more years ago than that, I dipped a toe after having first done it uh, at university. I first did it at university, yeah, when I was up, I was at York, and a guy I knew ran a ran like a pro night, but with local middle spots, um, and <laughs> this makes me sound like a real. Uh, POS, but um, I was thinking about like probably the reason I did it um, was out of spite uh, in that someone else was doing it uh, and they were like, they were they were swinging their, their balls around going like, oh yeah, I do stand-up comedy now. I'm a stand-up <laughs> comedian. Ra ra ra. Oh, by the way, did I mention? It's like, yes, yes, you've mentioned it many times. Um, but just, but I looked at him and I kind of felt like, you're doing stand-up comedy. Fucking all right. Turns out the barrier to entry is considerably lower yeah. than I thought. So from that um, entirely ignoble uh, beginning, um, and that, that person turned out to be yeah, that um, yeah Miley Cyrus, who has now <laughs> gone on to achieve fame in a range, but is actually has a has a tight five. Uh, you know, was was slaying up and down the uh, the open mic. So no, um, no, no, they they no, they're not still going. But, no, that's uh, good. So beat really, into submission. They won. Yeah. Um, but no, sometimes it's, yeah. So it's not always an, uh, a noble impulse that first gets you 
uh, up there. But yeah, no, yeah, about 12 years, I think. So it's just a case of us. I've seen somebody else do it. I think I can give that a go, and I think I'm better than them. And subsequently, well, yeah, that really was. did. Yeah, because people talk about sort of like you know it's the the importance of seeing people do it uh, yeah. and thinking like oh you know people like me can can do it like in, across loads of different things. Um, but it really made me think, Jesus Christ, <laughs> if, if they can do it, then, then yes, then yes, it is well within reach. Um, yeah. And yeah, that was up in uh, that was up in York, and it was really yeah. I think I've seen it since teaching. I've seen it a lot. Um, we see people's first gigs, yeah. And it must be, I know it must be like being a, a drug dealer where you give people their first like drugs and you see their eyes roll back and they're like, yes, yes, this is what I want to do. And then, and there's lots of parallels actually, like the indignity. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the destruction of other parts of your life, um, the kind of the weird substitutes you try and do. anyway, yeah, no, no, it's, uh, it was, it was like a sort of out of body experience. The first one it was loads of fun. It's, 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 it's actually quite interesting thinking. I was thinking about this earlier that the, um, you are generally a lot of people's first insight into comedy, but you're actually probably bizarrely the reason this podcast actually exists <laughs> i can't take all the blame Mark. well because <laughs> if 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 i didn't meet you and do the course i would never have become a comic or attempted to become a comic and would never have tried to create this well, so i go. can put i can put the firm blame on this <laughs> on you <laughs> well when all the sponsorship money comes rolling in mark then <laughs> i know you know, there'll be, there'll be a moment in in like Paris in twenty years' time where we we look back and go, you know, this is uh, not because we're a couple at that point, but just in terms of like we've become millionaires and we can oh, yeah, uh, yeah. we can look back because comedy is. If I can tell you one thing I've learned, it is chock full of millionaires. Kind of just um, <laughs> and to be clear, these aren't people who've made money from comedy. These are people who are already millionaires yes. uh, and have nothing but. Uh, <laughs> I, th- I think I think I'm a bit of a long way from selling ball shavers at the moment and uh, athlete- and green supplementary drinks and stuff like that. So oh, I think is that we're the safe sort of a bit. merch that people are doing now? Wow. Yeah, or oh, not merch, but sort of yeah, the the advertising <laughs> deals. Yeah. So in the tutoring side, how how did that come about? How long have you been doing it? And again, how did you get decide to give it a go? So tutoring, um, I've been. I've been running full courses with City Academy for about a year. Um, yeah, like a year earlier this this month um, anniversary, and I did it because another comic. I don't know why. It's, I guess it's nice of them. Um, said, well, no, it's, it, it was nice of them. Uh, Email me to go. Oh, um, they offered me this, um, but I can't do it. Yeah, you should do it, but make sure to ask them for more money. Yeah. Um, so I did, uh, uh, and they said no, no more money. Um, <laughs> but but you can teach this. Um, yeah, um, I've done sort of uh, filling in for other people who who've run courses and mm-hmm. stuff, um, and it really felt like a milestone in my career is uh, doing teaching. <laughs> 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 but. You know, uh, you've got to diversify. Uh, and also, and like, it genuinely is really fun, kind of. Um, I think I did about seven or eight 
like courses last year, and I've mm-hmm. got I got another like four or five books this this year, um, and I, get, I maybe maybe some people are like snooty about it and stuff, but but if you if you genuinely like comedy, um, you know, putting it together. Uh, working with people on yep. stuff. It's just, basically it's just a laugh. It's just a laugh. It's really it's really fun. It's like it yeah, it's satisfying like helping people, you know, get better and stuff. But mm. generally like each session I do laugh a lot. Like people yeah. are people are funny. Like of of all of those courses last year, I can't think of anyone who who literally had nothing. Who yeah. was just like who just there was they they were they weren't fun to hang out with it's, just, it's really interesting to see people's ideas you know and like and funny yeah. like i like i laughed a lot i think did we do one or two i can't remember like a bunch of people that, that did improvers courses as well yeah but yeah no I just, yeah it's, it was fun no, we we did just the beginners course for me uh gotcha. i, I, I yeah. then went and just kind of thought yeah i'm just going to go out and just do stuff yeah on, on the stage and 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 see how that goes yeah time 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 could be as a lot of uh open micers will realize time could be limited if you've got families and stuff like that and going okay i'm gonna go one day out for a course one day out for a gig per week you kind of end up yeah you're not the favorite in the household sometimes <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of I like if they still know who you are <laughs> yeah. but uh that's yeah. that's great what you're doing well you're doing Don't well treat you with disdain when you come back in <laughs> yeah yeah, uh, and there's a bit where, like, you know, they're they're proud of you. Um, yeah, and you've got to sort of you've got to establish what the alternative would be. You know, you kind of when you are at home, you need to like mope, <laughs> sigh, like wh- whatever your sort of um, disruptive behaviour is, kind mm-hmm. of. And then they'll be like, "Why don't you?" And then they'll start booking gigs for you. They'll be like, "Hey, why, like, there's this new place down the road. When you when yeah. you go there, hang around afterwards, have a drink, kind of get to know get to know people." You know, start your own night. Go on tour. <laughs> Go on tour. Um, I love that at the moment. You see people going like, "Oh, I'm on tour," and you look at the dates. Like, let me be clear. This is significantly jealousy on my part. But you go like, you look at the dates, and it's kind of like, this seems like you've actually got ten gigs booked across the country, spaced yep. over four months. Yep. And like, that's not really a tour as people would understand anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. Quibble, quibble jealous jealous uh but yeah um yeah no no because it's, girls is a super fun kind of and we've had all sorts of yeah uh yeah all sorts of unusual stuff has happened so like yeah we, we had a hollywood actress on one of them i didn't recognize him but uh someone else and of course recognized him and like like lost her shit kind of like oh my god i can't believe it's you um <laughs> Seriously, yeah, 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 yeah. I had, um, I had no idea, uh, and she was really funny and stuff. But, um, but, but yeah, she's quite famous. Um, and the, and I guess maybe it would have been difficult because one of one of the other people on the course was, was like had worked as a showbiz journalist. I was okay, like, okay. Well, if some of these exercises, it's going to be like, tell us about a thing. You're like, oh, that's you. You're basically just giving a load of stories direct to the. I'm sure she wouldn't have traded. Yeah, well, but anyway, um, but yeah, no, no, all sorts of uh, interesting stuff. So, what's the what's that great? Do you have like a greatest satisfaction as part of the course? Is it just that moment when you see the person step up at the showcase and just 
hit it and you go, yeah, that, that's, that's probably, my boy. That's my girl. Yeah. Yeah. It's that a bit, but I think it's, um, there's just this special moment, you know, when, and I'm going to try not to be pretentious about it, but be as pretentious as you want, but it's when, it's when the money appears in your account, you know, when the money, <laughs> when the money from City Academy appears in your account, you're like, you know, I wouldn't have had that money if I hadn't done this work and that money, I'm going to, oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to take it out of the cash point. I'm going to throw it in the air. And it, and it, that's, that's probably the most powerful moment. Um, <laughs> really. That, no, uh, no, that's obviously, that's nice. but no, it's really fun. It's really fun watching people's, um, eyes roll back in their head at the showcase when they've had a really good time and yeah. like the showcase gigs uh, are nice they're they're always like a joy mm-hmm. of, like i say i must have brought about a hundred odd people onto different stages for showcases yeah. last year and only one of them only one of them kind of like completely froze Right, like obviously, some some people do better than others, but kind of like, but still, the the average or the median or or the mo- I don't know what the mode is. No one knows what, what the mode is, but like, still, the average is very very high. Yeah, uh, and lots of people like never do it again, but they really enjoy that. Like almost everyone really enjoys it. Uh, yeah, yeah. And when you're comparing and when you're teaching, you can't help but feel uh, quite proud of people. You know, especially if they were really shy when they first came in, mm-hmm. kind of. Those are maybe the ones you feel most pleased with, the people that kind of... Because I always think that there's a couple of different spectrums um, in comedy. And I think one one of them is sort of like writery types with no performance chops, and the other one is like performery types with uh, lesser writing chops. Yeah. And it's the it's the writery types. You know, because everyone's, everyone's got a different mind, obviously, mm-hmm. and, a di- and different takes on stuff and different kinds of things they're interested in talking about. And it's when, it's when you can get someone a bit weird across the line, someone who, who has done stuff you never would have, never would have thought of uh, yeah. across the line. That, that's really, yeah, that's really fun. You know, ah, that's cool. um, or even if it's like someone who was palpably the worst person on the course, but you know, like absolutely smashes it at the gig. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, it's all, it's all gravy, man. Is there any, uh, any standout moments from some strange things happening in, in the classroom rather than on the stage? Um, ah, there was one, there was one, <laughs> um, I'm trying to think how I can say this without compromising identifying her, them. without identifying uh, her because she. Oh well, that's the start. There you yeah. go. And you guess who? We're, we're already, we're already. Um, it was yeah. It was like a kind of a weird moment because she's like, all right, here are two things I'm going to talk about, and she um, she talked about them at length. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of them uh, was a very distinctive um, thing about her unusual skincare regimen, where <laughs> as soon as you heard it, you're like, my goodness, what an interesting, <laughs> like, like balls involved skincare regimen. I'm bent, I'm twisting myself up to try not to direct the <laughs> skincare regimen that must be. Um, and and she talked about that, and that was dead interesting, if, if perhaps a little loose. Uh, and then she wanted to talk about 
Um, and this is, uh, again, here, here are more clues if anyone is, is tracking this down. Um, she was a, an, an older Caucasian lady. Uh, and, she went, and now here are my thoughts on race. Oh, no. Um, and they weren't, they weren't like illiberal thoughts, but uh, kind of everyone sort of uh, clenched up way more than they did on the balls-based skincare stuff. <laughs> and she was like, what do you think I should focus on? I was like, the skincare stuff, man. <laughs> Not the kind of, no, you know, that's, um, yeah, I, uh, that was... That was awkward. That was a chat I hadn't expected. Because um, you kind of think, well, that's that's plenty. You know, you can do a whole Edinburgh show on this. Yeah. We don't also need this, um, oh, I'm going to turn myself inside out with an awkwardness um, coda. Um, but yeah, so that doesn't happen often. In fact, that only <laughs> happened uh, once. Um, sometimes timing goes wrong. Sometimes people, they overrun on their... Yeah, on like on their homework bits, and then you're going to get like chucked out by the venue staff, and and if you haven't got for everyone, then that's that's dispiriting. But um, but no, no, no. Like mainly, it's it's super fun. It's fun when like acts is um, mums travel down from other parts of the country to the showcase to watch them, yeah, uh, and then heckle them. Like that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's lo- there's loads that's funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're I, someone told me they'd done other courses and that other courses were a little bit more theory based. Yeah. Um, but this one was like more fun. So I do, you know, it should be fun. It's like, yeah. you're doing a comedy course. It's not, you know, you're not learning how to do bowel surgery or something. Well, maybe that's funny as well. I don't know. <laughs> it sounds funny. The bowel's probably the funniest internal organ. Yeah. I, I guess it's more your, it's your introduction to comedy, isn't it? It's your, uh learning to understand what you're doing and how it's conveyed without too much technical detail because i think i think the one thing especially from our course there was i think a few people had the question of what as simple as what do you do with a microphone and what do you do with a stand and it's those simple things that they don't mean that much but there is enough of a distraction that they can take your mind and your brain away from what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been told about courses like longer courses, like 16 week courses where there's a whole session on taking the mic out of the stand. (laughs) And I get that that could trip over like some people, I guess. And some people have technique with holding the microphone such that you can't really hear it. Yeah, obviously that's bad. But when when you when I heard about like oh of course well, they've spent a whole week on taking the microphone out of the stand and moving the stand to one side, it's like you motherfuckers are just <laughs> that's just filler. Like what, yeah, what yeah. on earth are you? Like how dare you, Jesus Christ! Um, I mean, I'll save you the time if you're doing a course of that. You can skip that week, right? <laughs> Hold the microphone close to your mouth. <laughs> like you know, someone told me what's like like you're holding a lollipop. Because don't get me wrong, it is frustrating when you you know someone's got really great stuff and they're a bit fucking inaudible. Yeah. Um. But but that's really it. Just hold it close to your your mouth and you're laughing. And it just comes with practice as well. And I've not really. I've been a while since I've been really at the open mic scene much, but I don't remember seeing people thinking like, oh, I've seen this guy be good before. Oh, and no, sadly, 
he has impaled himself on the mic stand <laughs> and he perforated his small intestine and that's really going to count against him for his like set piece that he does at the end you know <laughs> in fact oh dear at this open mic night three people have impaled themselves on the <laughs> mic stand and now the compare is spinning them all around like a like a sort of bloody catherine wheel spraying blood on the audience which is already already a challenging night out for people um yeah. you know especially for your bringer anyway yeah um yeah mostly that's not an issue but yeah um yeah and you, you pick it up but yeah. no i think for a lot of people it's just like uh it's the it's 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 a nice social thing kind of you yes. do weirdly in comedy you end up sort of getting to know people bizarrely well because a you've got this weird thing in common yep. that you're doing um two uh, it's quite an intense kind of shared experience, and you've all known the dizzying heights and savage lows of a thing. Um, and see, uh, oh yeah, no, it's just it's like doing. Do, I guess doing a good thing about doing, of course, is you have a deadline, you know. Yeah. Um, and there's a, a, an eensy bit of homework each week, uh, and rather than just going like. I mean, I've heard people say before, kind of like, "Oh yeah, no, I've got really into comedy. Like, I've got um, I've got a, a gig booked in two months' time, and another one in eleven months' time." And you're like, <laughs> "That's not momentum, pig." <laughs> um, I don't, I don't say that, but I mean, it's just that's, but like, you know, having a having it in the diary each week, I think I've been told helps some people. It would have yes. helped me when I was starting. I yeah, I think I think the um, having that deadline of the showcase and stuff like that, and you've got that something to work to. It does it just bring something else out in people, I think. Yeah, panic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the great motivator. Yeah. You know, and like I say, it works so well. I've only ever seen one person kind of freeze up. Uh, uh, and even they, we got them back on at the end because uh, the crowd, they are very supportive. Yeah. Uh, and to be fair, he did then freeze up again, but kind of, <laughs> but he did get a joke out beforehand. And like, Good. you know, I think he did still get a bunch from the course, you know. Uh, so from experience, I said you can't put numbers on it and stuff, but roughly how, how, what proportion of people that do the courses kind of go on to actually continue? Uh, I don't know. Cause it's only, I've only been sort of, I've only had like oversight of, a cohort of students that's yeah. right i said cohort um for a year so i don't know and i didn't realize before like quite a lot of people do courses just because they like to do courses yeah yeah um so I remember, like, at the break of one that i was covering for someone else hearing some of the people say like oh what are you going to do after this because I, I really enjoyed that battle rap course we did but i think maybe next i'll do advanced <laughs> battle rap i don't know there's a not only yeah like an advanced battle rap course but like all right some people just like doing courses yeah uh, and that's fine some people it's just like uh well i've just retired and i need a new challenge yeah and, and some people are like uh my uh my partner bought this for me um to get me out of the house or my friends brought it to me because it's yeah. like uh you know, I always thought, I've always been sort of interested in it. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, don't, I literally don't know. I think there's like less than there used to be, but still fucking tons of courses. Yeah, yeah. In London alone. Oh yes, um, there's, there's a lot. And I, I, I would be 
people people still going after people still gigging regularly after say a year i don't know five percent i i don't know i don't know probably fair a fair number yeah and there's and there's lots that fucking should be like i can think of loads of people who are great yeah that i've taught and had like really good material really good presence all all of us who kind of think oh well hopefully I'll, i'll see them out there yeah, uh, I haven't yet. But then I was talking to someone yesterday who's who did another course twelve years ago, um, and there were some like you know uh, reasonably famous like alumni on yeah. that. You know, uh, but yeah, broadly there's no substitute for going out there and doing tons of gigs. No, no, I you completely know? agree. I think the course is just the it's it's the gateway drug. It is. It's, it's the it marijuana is. before you hit the heroin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a couple of drugs in between uh, marijuana and heroin. When I was a, an actor, started, an actor started about the same time as me. She talked about going on holiday to um, Morocco and people like approaching her in the street, kind of going, uh, hash, hash. She's like, no. I'm like, hash, hash. She's like, no, thank you. And she's like, opium. It's like... I think the person who's turned down hash will also turn down opium. Yeah, like, probably. Oh, well, now now we're talking. You know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the things I always try to make clear is like that the the, um, the showcase gig at the end is um, there's probably no greater distance in fun and supportiveness of gig than the distance between showcase gig. And people's first gig then mm. on the open mic circuit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like a profound, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. I, I don't know if like when you train to be a pilot or something, you have a sort of air show at the end and everyone's like, hooray. And they all like salute and they fire a little cannon or something. <laughs> but then your first actual deployment is just, um, you've been kicked in the balls for like half an hour. By 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 like a big man with tattoos, like <laughs> behind a garage or something. It's like, um, so I was trying to encourage people not to be too disheartened um, by their first foray out. And I'm sure there's um, maybe it's much nicer than when I started. And like, and it wasn't that it was like uh, the open mic when I when I started was uh, actively grim. Mm. It was just that like often there were I think there were fewer bringers, and so. There were less people yeah. in the rooms, and you do some like comically uh, sparse, sparse rooms where it's just yeah, just like three guys with personality disorders and a kind <laughs> of and a and a couple where something really weird was and those were just yes no I like in in the audience or um in you know it really is a kind of heroic. Uh, feet of willpower to um to push past that if i do say so myself yeah um but those for those that is kind of funny <laughs> it's kind of funny that shit lots of those gigs but um yeah man like, was, i remember once some gig in a pub in um i always get the caledonian road and the and the other one that's a road in north holloway confused holloway road that's it um i think it was on a holloway road and there's this pub, and they made like a big effort with like a big banner that like hung on the back. And there was some West Country guy there with this like, um, like creepy energy. And he had this whole sort of like, um, 
like sex act out bit where he's like he's really getting into it with his little um like very very physical yeah uh, and again in front of like like two and a half people yeah but he managed to with the force of his um sex act out to dislodge the banner which then fell on him fetching him a fair crack across the noggin which was like which was undeniably funny um so and it's yeah it's terrible when something's funny for the wrong reason yeah like i was at a gig, oh, again it's about nine years ago with my mate and there's another guy on and he's, he's really really nice guy really like nice nice guy good act um but my mate leaned over to me i went have you noticed that each time he does a punchline he sort of raises one hand like that uh and he yeah, i don't think he'd realized he was doing it it was like yeah. this involuntary tip but then each as soon as it pointed out to me I was like, oh yeah, and then we were like waiting for it, and, we're like, and we laughed every time it came up, even if people. And then sort of the laughter kind of spread from that. So this yeah. guy's suddenly having the gig of his life, but doesn't really know why. Um, yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Uh, yeah, I, I vote those of. I, I now look back on those days warmly. Anyway, good, good. So um, you're a. I, I said you earlier. You were a fringe regular. So you've you've done a few now, haven't you? Yeah, I think I think I've done every year except twenty twenty obs since twenty fourteen. Okay, I think I think I can't. I should be able to work this out. Yeah, I think it's twenty fourteen, and I think maybe I did a guesty. Maybe, no, maybe it was twenty first. I don't know, Mark. I'm sorry, but it's definitely been. And I, you know, it's been a lot written and said about how um, how expensive mm. like the fringe is and how unaffordable and how uh, how negative that is for like the arts generally yep. in the UK. And like, and all I can say is like, I cannot recommend enough if you want to do Edinburgh. Uh, I cannot recommend enough um, having a, a long term relationship and two children with someone who has family in Edinburgh <laughs> that you can stay with for free. Kind of, people go like, oh, that must be nice staying for free. It's like, no, I've paid a terrible price. For, I've, I've paid, paid way years. More. Like, oh, oh, you paid a grand, did you? I've got two children with this woman. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, I've done, I've done much of that. Uh, and then, and, and, like, uh, in all seriousness, like, yeah, it is, I think, increasingly shit um, in terms of just the sheer cost and yeah. how shit that is. And, like, and that's one of, uh, like, and that's one of the great things about comedy, right, is that you really, it's, um, I guess it must be like porn. It doesn't matter who you are or where you're from or anything. Just if, if you can do it, you can, you can do it. Yeah. You know? Um, so you do, you do see, like, super funny posh people and super funny like not posh people and so funny people from from all around the world and every different conceivable that's one of the things I love about the course. It's kinda of like there's hardly anyone who's got like nothing. Yeah. You know, who doesn't have an interesting take on something. Like I remember one of the first ones I covered for someone it was like a and I don't know if I'd had any thoughts about this demographic before in my life ever. But it was a lady in like her mid sixties, like quite posh uh Bolivian lady. Right. Just like what turned out to be the darkest sense of humor I've ever encountered in my life. And it was like, it was such a pleasure doing the exercises with her because you're kind of like, I wonder what she's going to do. 
this like this time it was it was unbelievable um and you know it's a real shame uh it's a real shame that kind of the increasing like poshification of like the arts means you just don't you just you just miss out on yeah. on all that on all that good stuff you know um just cuz yeah anyway it's it's been well discussed elsewhere but yeah no edinburgh edinburgh if you can do it through through some through some way it's super fun it's kind of uh, I think my record was like, and this is not, this is my record. This is not people have smashed this record yeah. um, outside of me. Um, 111 gigs over, over the month. And that's only like... In one month. Yeah. I mean, slightly, like, it was like three weeks or something, but that's only like three or four a day. And you can actually do way more. <laughs> it's you know, like only Carl, three or four a day. But like Carl Oxy, I think he's done like double that. But I was like destroyed after that. Yeah. It was kind of like because one thing that was in Edinburgh is a lot is you see lots of people that you know or yep. like, you like know well, know a bit, know just to like nod to, yeah, right. And by the end of it, um, you often see them on the other side of the road. So you've always got to be like, is this across the road to chat to this person situation or a wave <laughs> situation, um, or like just a, a nod, or even just fucking they they've ignored me before. I've like, not anyway. Yeah. By the end of it. People who were just on the like the nodding terms would cross the road to tell me I look like shit. Kind of like, kind of. <laughs> that's that's how far I pushed the boat out that year. But the point is, you can do a, you can do millions of gigs yeah. and improve a lot and do really weird weird gigs in like a lift shaft or like an upside down gig in a building MC Escher right. like, designed, you know. Um, yeah, and it's sort of a mythic space in a way because, like, I've had more different, fun, weird gigs in Edinburgh than I can even like remember. Yeah, most of people go, like, "Oh, you remember that one where it was just you were just doing the, the like the pointing and shrieking thing?" It's like, "Oh yeah, no, I'd forgotten that." Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, Edinburgh. Yeah, if you can, you should um, you should go even even just for a weekend. Yeah. Um and there might be other people you know from, from the circuit who 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 are running bill shows, there's loads of compilation shows and they can get you on. But there's a great guy from the West Midlands called Masai Graham who runs sort of open access ones. So I think you can sign up on the day. Yeah. Uh and he has he has loads on. Uh, and there's probably there's probably loads more, but that's that's just one that I know about. Okay, cool. That's that's a good one for uh, anybody who's budding and thinking they're going to want to give it a go just to chuck up. But rather than do their own show, they can uh, jump yeah. on, have a watch around, and then find some spots. So yeah, you like can Graham. see some amazing stuff. You can jump on some spots. It's a real toe-dippy. Yeah, you can just do it like on a weekend rather than spending 15 grand on accommodation or, or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah, horrific amounts of money. <laughs> So has um I don't know if Edinburgh is part of this, but uh, uh two typical well, questions are so what's the best moment you've ever had on a stage? Um uh there was one I won a, a small competition once and was handed a massive check <laughs> like I'd like I'd cycled up Kilimanjaro or something. <laughs> that was fun. That was fun. It was like uh yeah, it was a competition in Colchester. Uh, and I was named Colchester Comedian of the Year, which was a which was a big moment. Yeah. Um, and I was, uh, oh, yeah, I sat down afterwards with. Um, sorry, if I'm looking out the window, sometimes it's just because there's a load of scaffolding and like 
you might have a yeah a scaffolder on your podcast as well um but anyway uh yeah and i sat there afterwards with my giant check next to one of the other acts who was, who was really good yeah um and this lady came up to him uh and went like i just want to say i think the wrong man won um <laughs> and it's like I'm, I'm, I'm sat with the giant check and she hadn't seen me yeah but somehow she just thought oh there just must be a giant check there i'll ignore that and i was like hi and she went oh I stand by it and ran away um uh but yeah, no, I don't know. Best, best moment. So there's, there's so many. It's kind of this is this is what I mean about the um, about the the mythic thing of it in a way because you, there's lots of it that I just I just can't remember. Yeah, like there's 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 been bits I've really enjoyed like every week really. Probably if you didn't if you don't have bits you enjoy each week, then yeah, stop doing it. Yeah, um, I mean yeah, and there was a bit yeah. No, there's been loads. There's been. There was a history gig I really enjoyed uh, about, yeah, it was about, he was supposed to talk about history. Um, and I did, yeah. And like the, there was a bit, there's, there's a thing called like the, um, the Whig interpretation of history with like Whig with, a, with an H where there's, it's a very optimistic view of history, but basically everything's getting better. Yeah. Everything is progressing to a point where it's just just getting better and better, and it's like like profoundly naive as as that is. Um, it is a sort of hopeful yeah. uh, vision. Um, I remember trying managing to convey this to like a a quite drunk midday audience in a room above a pub, <laughs> kind of just just with with crowd surfing, and then they did drop me, sort of symbolising the fact that it didn't um, that it doesn't make sense and things actually can go backwards and get yeah. worse. Anyway, <laughs> there's loads of fun to be had. And like and especially when you do like if you do go to Edinburgh and do like a thousand gigs up there, it doesn't matter how any individual one goes. Yeah. So you can do exactly what you want. You know, kinda um it's really fun when people someone stops you in the street and goes like, Oh I saw your I've been doing your Indiana Jones joke to my yeah. friends in the pub. They don't like it, but I love it. And it's like that's <laughs> Oh there you go. We're we're building a we're winnowing down the, the audience. Yeah. Um yeah, I guess... I've been hit hit in the head with shoes, all sorts wow. of stuff. I I've yeah. seen that clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was when um my first kid was in on the way. I mean not in being born, but like gestating. Yeah. Um and the idea was for the end of the show. Um, I would sing I Will Always Love You. Uh, and the first person who could hit me with a thrown shoe would get to name the unborn child. Um, and people got on board with the... the, the like There wasn't really any kind of preamble for it. That was, I gave it about as much explanation as I've given it just yeah. now. But people got on board with it really quickly. Like Some people were like, they're taking both shoes off before... Before I finish the sentence, kind of like, oh, <laughs> at last I get to throw a shoe at this motherfucker. Kind of, um, yeah, and the, yeah. The clip that I found that someone took, yeah, someone gets me right uh, in the in the nads. Yeah, almost um, stopped child number two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I often think that explains his issues. Actually, is that <laughs> that the equipment is just damaged? Um, but no, just in the yeah, the array of footwear. And the thing that I ended up finding really fun was that the bit you have to hand everyone back their shoes. Yeah. Um, but kind of because your adrenaline is up from not only doing the gig, but also trying to like dodge these. Sometimes it'd be big, looking like 
biker's boots. And yeah. so I remember one of them like parting my hair and thinking like, I'm going to lose a tooth doing this. <laughs> um, but you, I've never thought I could be a sort of kind of catty guy that comments on shoes before. But I found yeah. that was one of the funnest bits of the show is like slacking people off based on their footwear choices as you hand them back their shoe. Uh, and for that, for that aim. But yeah, no, yeah, there's, there's loads of fun um, to be had. But I mean, I guess, I guess the roast battle win must must come up there somewhere. Yeah, that was really fun. Yeah, um, that was if, for if, for listeners who don't know. Roast battle is like um, it's just where two stand up comedians stand on stage um, and insult each other. Kind of, uh, it's like it's like outsourcing your self-deprecation to someone else. It's really, it's really fun. It's really kind of, and it can, and it can be horribly brutal. Um, yeah. But it's actually also surprisingly warm, considering the premise. Um, yeah, and I won that in 2019. Like the first, like the the UK. I say UK. It was really only London. <laughs> um, I think I think like hot water and Liverpool do it now. I think there might be a Manchester one as well. But um, but like Callum and the guys that run it, like it is a it is a more established thing yep. in the states. Um, so I think we are in some like international like league now. Oh, okay. With like there's like the Tokyo branch, uh, Austin, LA, New York, maybe another one, and they do a podcast where they. Where they go, oh, now we go to our British uh, branch. You know? <laughs> These guys' accents, I just can't get past it. It's like, get past it, you, you fools. Um, <laughs> but that was really good fun. Um, yeah. Uh, and technically, I'm UK Rice Battle Champion 2019, 2020, and 20. Sorry, not, yeah, uh, 2020 and 2021. Because I did, I did not stage the competition yeah. in the last two years. So, uh, so I got to do that uh, yeah. to retain the crown. Um, and I, I like to say it's open loans of doors for me, but not so far as I can. <laughs> the one thing I have to say though, is if anybody does go onto YouTube and searches Ben Clover roast battle, there is, there is a clip on there from your battle against Peter Baisley. Yeah. Yeah. He comes P-Bay. on stage and pretends to be blind. Yeah. Faces the wrong way. Yeah. 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 He's not and- a furry to go for the, low-hanging fruit despite being a comically gangly man he will he will reach for that low-hanging fruit which i guess is a challenge for him he's not afraid to go after um he's not afraid to go after the disabled he never has been um it's one of those clips where i put it on i've carried on watching it Uh, you know when you look at a youtube clip and you go oh it's about 10 minutes long i'll be that's fine that's my attention span and then you start getting in more and more into it and all of a sudden at the end screen it goes sorry the recording failed for the rest of it but it was good and you're like it was really good what a time for that recording to fail because i think i think the genius part of that was not only the way he faced the wrong way was your reaction to that yeah, it was. He's he's a singular figure, uh, basically. In that, like, lots of lots of people do roast battle, because um, it was a, it was a TV show as well, and yeah. like, um, so it had like proper big TV people do it. But in um, <laughs> in London for a long time, it was like mainly 
uh, mentally ill open micers uh, that would do it. So it'd be this kind of uh, quite amusing juxtaposition sometimes. But um, but no, he he's like one of the legends of of uh, roast battle in that yeah. he uh, often appears to have done zero preparation. Um, he makes it very much very meta. Uh, very quickly, and he often has a strong gimmick. Yeah. Um, and I, I saw that. Like, I knew I'd observed his. He's very hard to beat with, like, with normal jokes. Lots of people just kind of come on with normal jokes. Yeah. And then he sort of rejects the premise of the whole thing. Uh, and I thought, like, no, all right, I have to go. I have to go. Um, I have to go weird as well. So I, yeah, it's the only time <laughs> I've ever sort of used props um, in roast yes. battle. I think the chicken outfit. Yeah, we had a penguin later on as well. Like, I was trying to develop the running idea that he sort of um, like molests flightless birds. Um, like, a, like a strong running, strong running theme is a uh, is a good one on Rose Bowl. But no, he's he's very hard to beat. It's like he's, it's like trying. He's very slippery. Yeah, it's like trying to kill like an octopus with a drawing pen. Like you, if you if you do have normal jokes, there need to be thousands of them, and they need to be really good. Yeah, and uh, needs to be unarguable. But yeah, no, roast battle is loads of fun, and I recommend it to to anyone to do. Cool. It's a great writing exercise as well. You yeah. get someone, you and the person you're paired up with. It could be someone that you can volunteer to go together, but you and the person you're paired up with get given a, you give each other like a list of facts about yourself, uh, and then. You go away and write jokes, like five jokes. The idea is five. Yeah. They should be short um, jokes about about that person, and then they sort of it's a sort of back and forth. Um, but you're allowed to like repost to them. You're allowed to like reply to someone else's jokes. So sometimes they get this like fantastic like tennis rally like yeah. thing. Like I mean, sometimes it's dreadful, but kind of when it at its best, <laughs> there's nothing like it really. Yeah, kind of they do it at Edinburgh as well usually, and those you know in front of like a, a really big room. And that's that's so much fun. So, so kind of rewinding, we've done, or you try to recount some best moments. We've had a few, so so we're going to go the opposite way now. (laughs) The ones that stand out as the uh, oh shit, why did I do that moment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things you kind of go. It's the ones. Yeah, you still go. Oh, that was yeah. Um, I was I was comparing um, at Top Secret once. Um, People don't know Top Secret's like one of the best clubs in the country um, and they have lots uh, because it's one of the best clubs in the country they have um, super famous people come down to like do new stuff sometimes um, and they're like oh yeah yeah uh, Russell Howard's going to be on he's like the secret special guest so I was like oh I'll, get that. I'll bring on Russell Howard and like you know he's well known as being like a, a like a nice guy like yeah. a, you know someone who's supportive of, of other, other comics and stuff and it's like oh shit well you know at the beginning of a little section where I bring him on, I'll uh, I'll I'll do a little bit of material and then uh, it'd be like, Wow, that's great material. Oh, you should come and you come and write on one of my shows. Like, yeah, I'd, I can love that, Russell. Yeah, that'd be great. Um that was the plan, right? But instead it's like it's a big it's a big packed room. But instead just before I bring him on, um before I can like do my material that I planned, I just noticed this guy to the left of me. Like only has only has one arm, and there's nothing wrong with that, obviously. Uh, and then, and, but I don't know why, but I just got kind of fixated on it, like which is entirely my problem. It's entirely like a, a, a terrible thing to have done. And, I, and he, 
And I was, and I don't know, I don't, why would you say this in front of like a room of hundreds of people kind of like, oh, I just, and you've only, you've got, because uh, you're wearing a short sleeve shirt. Um, so you've got, you've only got one arm. And I don't know what I was expecting him to say <laughs> at this point. Like, yeah, yeah, I do. Um, or kind of like, I don't know. It was all a, like, I don't, I don't know why, why it got, got in my head. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I only got one arm. Uh, I was like, all oh, right, okay. Um, oh, how'd that happen? Like, like that's going to be a fun story. Kind of like, oh, well, funny story. I, you know, and then it's just like the air is kind of leaving the room. As well, like the, the room that I'm supposed to have like expertly warmed up with a a mixture of like warm audience interplay and yeah. like expert material. Instead, I've just made it really weird about this one guy's like <laughs> disability for a minute. Yeah. And he goes, "Oh, it's just um, it's from childhood. It was just a it's like a childhood. Uh, I was I was born born this way." Uh, I was like, oh, "Okay, cool." Um. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Russell Howard. And it's like, this is like, this is the, like, you know, he's been going a while and must have been introduced onto the stage thousands of times. And yeah. I still think that might be maybe one of the most awkward introductions, he's had, <laughs> which he did, which he did then note for a little bit, kind of going, oh, okay, I wasn't, this is not how I, how I'm normally brought onto stage is someone going, uh, so someone, like, I don't know what I was thinking, like, I was I wasn't thinking at all, but from his point of view, he must be like, oh, is this this guy's? Is this this compare's shtick? Is he he goes around and identifies any visible disability? And it's like I don't know what I was or where I thought it was. It was yeah. Thanks for bringing that up, man. I feel I feel, feel a warm better. glow of terror now, which make which not only reflects badly on me as a comic, it reflects pretty badly on me as a person. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, because I wasn't trying to find something funny with it, of which I, which people might have expected. It was just, oh fuck me, yeah. Do you know what? I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit <laughs> because of that. I think I think that's the the, the honourable thing to do. You can't uh, quit. You've got Bermondsey nights coming up. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. That's yeah. That's a good point. That's a good segue. I've got, I've got That's commitment. Seamless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you won't believe who we've got. Russell Howard. He was so enchanted by my by my comparing. Um Yeah. Yeah, no. Um yeah, running a gig. That's the thing people should do more of. More yeah. more people should run gigs. You know, because people have to be the change they want to see. Yeah. Uh and yeah. So what did you? What did you? What was the change you wanted to see then? When now you've created the City Runners, Bermondsey Beer Mile, Comedy Fridays once every month with a few stars, about thirteen quid to get in and a, a few good beers and a good crack. It was eleven quid, but um, oh, was it? Was, we're down I, to eleven then. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it was always that, uh, and I absorbed the booking fees um, from Eventbrite, which get grow more onerous. By the by, the financial quarter. Um, Blair, yeah. Oh, why why do that? Um, I can't remember. Sometimes you kind of, sometimes you go to other gigs and you kind of like, oh, I should like, and it's a good gig. And it's like, oh, yeah. I should run a good gig like this. There should be more good gigs. Um, and then and then you forget what like a what how much work, yeah, it is. And it's like, oh my god, this is way worse than just turning up to a gig. 
um, and doing a gig. Yeah, it's it's sort of like those people who um, who kind of you know they get their their redundancy payment from work, and they go like, do you know what I like doing? Um, I like sitting in a cafe. So what I should do is I should set up a cafe. It's yeah. like you know, running a cafe is really very different to going to a cafe. So, yeah. um, and anyway, sorry, I'm, I'm making it sound like I don't love uh, being a promoter. It's it's fun. You can book like good people, and that's yeah. that's the thing I most enjoy. Is kind of is introducing the audience to to, to funny people. And you're like, eh, yeah, see, yeah, yeah. There you um, go. And hopefully they get to trust you after a while. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, cause you can program it to your tastes, you know? Yes. Yeah, and you do get a sense, like, with other people's nights after a while, they're kind of like, ah, oh, this is the kind of thing they like, you know? Yeah. Um, and I was always sort of inspired by people. There are some American comics who go, like, you should be able to play any room, pretty much. You know, unless it's like a you know, character comedy or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, or sketch or something. But kind of like you know, oh, so they're a crowd that like weirder stuff, or yeah. they're an older crowd of home counties pensioners um, <laughs> or whatever. Like whoever it is, really, yeah, it's a good, it's a good aspiration. It might not be able to, it might not be possible. It's a good aspiration to be like I can, I can do it. Yes. For for any of those crowds, you know, that's that's cool. So so from trying to introduce people to comedy and stuff like that. Um, this is one question I'm, I'm intrigued with with everybody I've uh, spoken to so far. Is what's your favourite joke you've ever told, if you have one? Um, how it came about and how it's evolved and changed over time. Mm. It's a bit of a deep one, but it's an interesting one. Mm. Doesn't, doesn't be best, maybe a memorable one. Um. It's interesting with like the jokes that people kind of that people sort of know you for mm-hmm. rather than um the ones that you think are the best. Yeah. So for like ages people would come up to me and go like, Oh hello Ben and they'd be like, Oh, oh, oh <laughs> like that 'cause I had a bit that involved that involved doing that. Yeah. Um, which I won't go into. Uh I still do it from time to time. Um, and I was, and I felt very I felt very traduced. But they'd be like, "Oh no, no, no!" There's much more to me than just this. This what you, but I think now I realise it. I think maybe people just like physical gestures. Um, so I'm going to alter my practice just so as it includes <laughs> more like silly physical things. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to start doing kind of um sex mimes where I dislodge the the uh, the banner at the back of the room and it falls on me and um. <laughs> Because like my girlfriend, po- my girlfriend pointed out, and ages ago, and I think she's right, is that like people really like it. People really like it when I'm when I'm hurt in some way. Yeah. So like, I think the best gig I had of last year was like as I pulled the microphone out the stand, having now said earlier in the podcast how easy that is. Yeah. Uh, managed to hit myself in the face with it. Um, like quite, it was quite painful, uh, and people. People absolutely loved that, like, and the whole rest of the gig was a dream. Yeah, and I was like, "Well, that's not sustainable. I can't, I can't do that every, like, yeah." Oh, my, my stage persona is fuckwit, you know, yeah. or guy with inexplicably black eye. Um, but no, uh, I don't know. Joke. Uh, 
That's the joke I used to do. Um, so, so you asked like the joke, um, where the idea came from, yeah, and how it's evolved. Yeah. Um, I used to do a sort of joke joke where I'd go like, uh, oh, don't don't you hate it, right? Um, you know, it'd be, it'd be like observational style. Like, oh, don't you hate it? Uh, right, when you've um, you toasted a nice piece of pita bread, yeah, right, uh, and then when you open it up, uh, the hot air inside burns your penis. Um, uh, yeah, I, used to, I, used to, I think I used to close on that joke sometimes. Um, and there's a there's a, a Freud wrote a book about jokes. I think it was called Jokes and Their Relationship to the Unconscious or something, okay. right? Uh, and I've not read it. I've only read an article about it. <laughs> so I'm not, <laughs> I'm not an somebody expert. else's interpretation on that book. <laughs> yeah, I like my Viennese psychoanalysis third hand, right? <laughs> but um, he's got some theory about punchlines that they all, that they have to be they have to contain something unexpected or obscene or something about your mum or something. But no, definitely the first two at least. And I think that does satisfy the first two in that. It's like there's an unexpected penis in it. Yeah. Right? Um, uh, and where'd that joke come from? It came from my long history of having sex with bread products. Yeah. Kind of, um, I've done them all. You'd think the bagel would be the obvious one, but no. Um, huh? But no, I don't know. Without being too uh, wanky about it, kind of, when you when I do that joke, you'd see people sort of nodding along. Yeah. To be like, oh yeah, because the hot air trapped inside, but then not expecting that penis at the end. Yeah. Um, uh, and how's that joke developed? I no longer do that joke. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me actually. Last night at uh, an open mic I was at, somebody did a, a kind of similar joke to that, where they said, um, "Do you know that pineapple makes your um, semen taste different?" And he said, "Yeah, I noticed that when I um, when I shot my load into the pineapple." <laughs> That's just right. And he said, Melon does the same. Okay. There you go. It's an unexpected punchline. Yeah, it just like, wasn't. Oh, hang was on. Great. Yeah. He's, yeah. Um, yeah, I used to have a whole little section of like, oh, don't you hate it, right? Uh, when you're having prison sex or someone, right? And then just at a crucial moment, you shout out someone else's number. Oh, no. <laughs> um and those those used to do. This is like this is in my first like year or something. Yeah. And those jokes used to do quite well for me. But like I got a review from this competition final I was in, uh, and the reviewer was also one of the um, was also one of the judges. Yeah. And she went, she wrote all this nice stuff, and it went like, and Clover was on course for a a, a spot on the what was it to place you know to be in the yeah. top three, apart from he chose to end. On a selection of terrible observational materials, like I thought it went quite well in the room, but all right, fine. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, uh, joke jokes. You can only, yeah, yeah. I, I stand by that one. Okay, here is one for you then. <clears throat> so the imagine the scene you've just you've just smashed through the through the whole circuit. BBC say we want you on live at Apollo. You're about to walk out in front of five thousand people. What's your walk on music? Oh, uh, the Steptoe and Son theme tune. <laughs> um, no, no, it wouldn't be that. It would be that. Wouldn't be bad. 
uh, it would be the first 45 seconds of Chris Rock's Bring the Pain special. Um, just because people, like, yeah, people be like, what? What's it? Is this? Who's this? Anyway, um, <laughs> I don't know. Music. Um, ooh. Uh, um, uh, witness to fitness uh, by Roots Maneuver or, or as a as a strong place right. in my heart. Um, but I need money, so I probably would try and compose my own instrumental <laughs> track, and then and then be paid by uh, Avalon or whoever run it uh, yeah. for for use of the music. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, good question. I know what other people said. I, th- I didn't even know you could pick your own music. I thought well, I'm I assuming only... you do. You need something that's gonna gonna set the scene of what's about to happen. I'll, I know, I've got mates who've done it. I'll ask them if they can choose because like people always go with like something upbeat. Yeah. Um, to be like, way yeah, dry had, ice, um, and we're all having fun. ACDC, Def Leppard. Uh, people, people have chosen those, have they? Yeah, yeah. As in, people I've spoken to have said that's what they would choose. Oh, that's what they would choose. Yeah. Um, Kings have of been... Leon's been one. Which Kings of Leon? Uh, is it Four Kicks? I think it's called. Okay. Kind of ACDC, I could see. But like the thing, the thing everyone forgets about Back and Back is it starts with the just the the hi hat going, which is basically essentially four seconds of silence to work on walk on to yeah um and also i don't know comedy's not music kind of like it, i don't think you should set people's expectations it's going to be like, <laughs> <laughs> like you know unless you are doing stuff with pyrotechnics and stuff which is which i've not seen not yet much of. although chris nylon used to stick uh, a, a rocket up his ass and fire it out he was doing that before that football uh, supporter in the England game a couple of years ago. Yeah. Kind of, I don't know if he still does that. Um, I guess it's probably maybe a prostate issue now. I don't know. Anyway, the point is, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, music. Yeah, it is important. I think that's one of the main things people need to do with their with their nights that they run is have someone ready to start the music as yeah. soon as that section of a show finishes. Because it's weird to be like, all right, and we'll see you all in 10 minutes for the next section. Yeah. Silence, silence, right? yeah. it's just, and then, yeah, no, no, have the music come in straight away. Um, maybe musical comedians will come on playing music. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm jealous of music. Okay. Um, and I guess one of the last things we do on this podcast is that every podcast needs its own little niche. So this little niche is, um, I'm trying to set a challenge for every comedian that comes on here. And that challenge revolves around this book. It's called The Little Book of Shit Jokes by Sid Finch. And what I'm challenging the comedians to do is I want you to pick a joke from this book and use it in your set. (laughs) Record it and then post it on the socials and stuff and do the tagging and all that kind of stuff. Um, You get to pick your own joke from it, which is absolutely fine. However, (laughs) you only get to pick it by the page number. Right. And if your page number has been selected already, you have to pick again because no comedian should have the same joke again. <laughs> I realised when I agreed to do this that it was all <laughs> an elaborate sales technique. The most I... labour intensive sales technique for Sid Are you Sid Finch? I'm is not... this I've tried this to... what... I've tried to look for him, but I can't find him. This is a, a more fictional man I've never heard of. <laughs> 
in my life. <laughs> Sid Finch, yeah. Um, hmm. But you need well, a number between 5 and 95. See, I'm not sure I can do this for you, Mike, because I have, like, joking aside, I have met Sid Finch. Um, we actually got, he's the only man I've ever physically fought. Kind of, <laughs> it was that, outside a gig in um, Scunthorpe. And he came on and he said, he did all this weird material about my girlfriend. I was like, you can't, you'd never met her. And it, Stop it. it got really, it got really nasty. Um, and I've never, like I said, I've never really been in a proper fight before, but I did end up at the end of it. I did spit in his mouth. You know, I was just like, like, fuck you, said Finch. You fuck it was you. a fight? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like, now, now you've got the same mild cold I've got. Um, so I can't, I can't endorse his work. Or him as a person. If I ever see him again, I'll I'll do time. I'll do time. Um, no, I have to pick a number. Yeah. Has anyone? Has, have people had sixty-nine? Yeah, that was the first one. Yeah, ninety-six. Uh, oh, that's up to ninety-five. <sighs> kind of. What kind of operation is this, Mark? If you want ninety-six, um, it's it, it says if you're interested in finding out more about our books, <laughs> find us on Facebook. Don't think that's going to work. Fine. Well, I, I can. If I can make that funny, I will. Um, Twenty-two. Twenty. I actually think that one might. Twenty-two's gone. I told you I'm 44. genuinely doing this. Ah, forty-four. I'm pretty sure that one is. Right. Are uh, these all jokes about shit, Mark? Or are they? No, no, no. They're just shit. Um, actually, forty-four has two jokes on it, and one of them has already gone. So you're left with the other. So the joke I want you to say, I'm guessing it's going to be in an MC session of one of the Bermondsey nights, because I'll probably be there to film it, is, why are ghosts such bad liars? You can see right through them. Uh Okay. Uh, All right. Okay. I think you've got away quite lightly with that one. What is is the rest of it like? Like racist or something? (laughs) Uh, it's just a it's a nice little short very short joke that you can chuck in and see what happens okay all right i um i might do it in the new year and pass it off as a christmas cracker joke maybe it's entirely uh-huh. however you want to phrase it is fine all right all right well i've come part way to forgiving sid now <laughs> and forgiving sid is actually the name of my edinburgh show this year it's all about how I'm, i hope these got the wiring taken off his jaw now and all of that on a serious uh, note have you are you edinburgh this year uh i put the application in a couple of days ago yeah um so i applied to do uh two shows one is my uh heckling masterclass show okay um there are thousands of videos online of um comedian destroys heckler yeah this is the only course uh in the world that you can take to be the best heckler you can be I'll take you through the history of heckling, the theory, like the uh, the how to, when to, if to, uh, all of that. You get a diploma at the end. There's a practical test. Um, it's sort of like a driving test, but for but for cunts. Um, um, yeah, hopefully I'll do that. Uh, I've applied to a show called The Facts of Life. Okay, where it's um, it's me and a fax machine on stage, and we send unsolicited life advice to one of the other thirteen people still using a fax machine yeah. uh, in twenty twenty four. The government actually turns off the fax machine network in twenty twenty five, so this will be the last time the show can be 
performed. Uh, and hopefully, so we'll, we'll, we'll fax them at the beginning of the show and hopefully they'll fax something back. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's, that's my plan. Interesting. It sounds like it's going to be a, an interesting month in October for, in August, sorry for you. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Like I say, kind of people, I'm, I think there should, you, there should be an artifact that you get at the end of an Edinburgh show. My 2016 one. Yeah. Um, this is after people have thrown the shoes. They were all given like a, uh, a mask of my face they could wear out <laughs> in the venue. And it was cool. You'd, you'd see something, sometimes you'd see people wearing it. And yeah. like my friend Joe Jacobs um, sent me a picture of him, him kind of like in a, uh, with a selfie with this guy, an old guy on a mobility scooter who had one of my masks on. I was like, oh, yeah. And sometimes people will come back like years later, kind of go like, "Oh, we still got your mask, excellent like, over a over a lampshade or whatever." And I, I think, yeah, I'm keen to give people another clutchable uh, artifact. And I think the I think the diploma from the heckling masterclass, which isn't a show where you can come along and heckle, it is a it is a course that you take. Yeah, right. Um, hopefully that'll be yeah that'll be another one. <laughs> That's that sounds that sounds extremely different. I, I when you said the heckling masterclass, I I was assuming you basically invite hecklers on. No, 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 no. Although that is one of the things that sometimes comedians will do. They'll say, "Well, if you think you can do better, yeah, you get up here." Uh, and then the plan is that they'll do that, and then I'll heckle them so much that they're forced to go. But if you yep. think you can do better, you get, and then we'll be back to square. But yeah, yeah. Um, but no, no, it's, I think I'm worried that it will attract an audience of massive assholes. <laughs> um, and I'm even more worried that it will then empower those assholes. Right? Yeah. So in a way, I'll be taking a bullet for my fellow comedians who mm-hmm. will have fewer assholes in their show. But at the same time, like it's not really going to empower them to be a better heckler. It's going to yeah. be mainly about... Uh, it's, it's all a big scam, Mark. I can say this to you, but um, no, it's just, it's just it is going to be a show. There is it's going to be about heckling, but it's going to go in some other directions. Um, but it's very much the certificate you get is at the end only licenses you to heckle me, right? Not anyone else. So you can't brandish it at someone else and go like, <laughs> yeah. well, but, well, Ben says it was okay. <laughs> um, uh, that's very much just before I get like slated on forums for like for other comedians going like, oh hey this just doesn't respect the craft of <laughs> <laughs> okay um, so I think I think we're gonna we're gonna wrap up there but um, oh what's... sorry I didn't catch that but I have to go I have to I've got to go yeah yeah sorry I have to I have to sorry it's just part of a thing that I can't. I can never, I can never be let go. It always has to be me that chooses. Oh, I to go first. Sure. So sorry. Is that a t- oh. ah? Yeah. So before you go, where can people find you, and what's your what's your handles and all of that lot on socials? And I'll put them in the um, description. Well, yeah, lots of people were always trying to plug their their socials, and like obviously, I am on uh, Ben Clover underscore on Twitter or Ben Clover comedian on um, uh, Instagram, but. I'd urge people to go further. I'd, I'd, I'd say, add me to your family WhatsApp groups, <laughs> and I won't, I won't do anything 
Uh, most people, and then your family will forget that I'm there. But I'll, you know, I'll, I'll make Christmas more interesting or whatever, you know. So, so oh seven nine six. Yeah, find me, find me on WhatsApp. Add me to your to your family WhatsApp group, and uh, and yeah, and you like your mum will be like, who's who's and like that, and then just dodge the question and she'll forget. Yeah, and then and then I'll appear one time. You know, Fair if enough. you ever need to get out of something, I can be your dead cat for kind of forgetting out of getting out of a thing. Um, I won't but be yeah, adding. No, thanks, thanks for having me on. No, that's that's cool. It's really good to have you here. I won't be uh, adding us on to any um, family WhatsApp groups. I think that might be a bit iffy. I'll leave that one to you, and you can let us know how that goes. Or just one for like your kids' school. If you've got a kid and you're like on a school WhatsApp, add oh. me in, and I promise I will. I'll have opinions. And people are like, who even are you? And then I'll I'll just exit the group. Yeah. Like, you know. I'll, but, uh, I could be the common enemy that everyone else bonds over, you know. Uh, but you can find us on Open Mic Comedy Pod on Instagram and all the W's open mic comedy pod dot com. Um if those of you that are still listening, if you can leave us a five star review or a zero star review on um Spotify podcast apple podcast whatever you're listening to give us a follow do a share for a few people that you think might be interested in this and until next time i shall see you all again soon and thank you very much ben cheers